Hello, this is Louise Wilds, co-host of the Successful Student Transitions podcast, and welcome to episode 48, which is the sixth episode in the series for parents and carers, Family Change at University Transition. So this series runs in parallel with a series for students who are starting their university experience. As we thought about their transition experience, we realised that this move to university in a more independent lifestyle is also a transition experience for parents and carers and families as well. So this series is designed to support you as you step into this new experience of an emptier or emptier nest. Now in this episode, we talk about how our relationships with our young adults evolve as they become more independent and offer ideas for building positive, supportive, loving and mutually beneficial relationships. As parents of young adults ourselves, we totally get the joy and challenge of parenting. We definitely don't get it all right. And we embrace this quote from Sue Atkins, there is no such thing as perfect parents, so just be a real one. I love that. So our aim with these five tips today is not to tell you how to parent, but to offer ideas, thoughts, and share some experiences. We hope you'll take from this conversation what's meaningful and helpful to you and leave the rest. Now, just before we begin, we really hope you're finding this series valuable. Please, please, if you are, share with other parents and follow the podcast on your podcast app of choice and also rate the podcast and leave a review. We always, always love to hear from you. So now on with today's episode. So hello and welcome back to Family Change at University Transition. This is Louise here and I'm together with Elizabeth in episode six and today we're going to be talking about tips for creating positive relationships with your young adult. So your young adult is no doubt hopefully settling in and between you you're developing a new way of communicating and being I hope (laughs) I hope they're keeping in touch but there may be some challenges that you're facing such as you might be feeling as a parent a bit left out You know, I think this is fairly common as your young adult develops their independence and get involved in things at university. They're probably a bit less reliant on you and more able to manage their lives, which means that they'll just get on with things. And this could coincide with less communication. And if that happens, it can be easy to feel left out and sidelined as the parent. And that reduced communication can sometimes even lead to times of panic. Perhaps when you're expecting a call, you don't get it, then you don't hear from them for a few days. You may be asking, if I'm not involved in their lives, how am I ever going to develop a relationship? Because I'm not going to know what's going on. Where's that connection going to come from? And you might be wondering, well, how much should I try to influence my child in terms of communication or do I just give them space and let them get on with it for now um what else do you think parents might be experiencing Elizabeth at this point well you know you might feel stuck in the middle of a range of roles that's all changing and developing like they're changing you're changing too so you might be feeling that little that role of the advisor of the confidant of the sounding board all at once leaving you feeling how best to balance it all and how how to do it how to be this parent and if you listened into episode 44 with Elaine Halligan and she kind of very kind of strongly stated that our 
whole role as a parent is to prepare our kids for separation, for independent living. And if you put that as your lens, how does that impact how you feel and want to parent? And what happens when they come back from the university holidays? How do you parent them? How do you parent them if you want them to be independent and going out there and doing this stuff? Mm-hmm. And today we'll share five tips. They're not an exhaustive list in any sense, but they'll hopefully give you some food for thought in how you want to develop your relationship with your young adult. Great. So tip one is all about allowing your young adult the space to grow. So they're living in a new experience. Sorry, they're having a new experience, living in a new environment with new people. And they're going to develop new interests, friendships. And these are all going to impact on their beliefs, perhaps their values. They may change their mind on political views or develop political views for the first time. Um, You may find that they're interested in things that you just never imagined they would be interested before. And there's a psychologist called Brian Little, and he says that we all get involved in projects every day in our lives, and those projects impact on our identity. And when he's using the word projects, he means everything that we do in a day. So from the smallest tasks that we do each day to the big work projects, life projects that we have. And the point is that where we put our attention in terms of those projects leads us to develop and evolve. And as a result, as a result, so does our identity. So your young person is going to be involved in so many new projects. These, of course, will impact on their sense of self and how they see themselves and their identity. So be prepared for this evolution, because it really is an evolution. And perhaps even embrace it provided it's not a dangerous or potentially damaging thing that that may impact on their physical and mental health. Be interested, be curious, be intrigued, because there you'll find some connection. Be open to hearing about their new experiences and ideas, and perhaps even prepared to be challenged by them, (laughs) which can be a bit (laughs) uncomfortable at times. Anything else to add? Elizabeth. Well, maybe we've done that before ourselves too. (laughs) Uh, And so remember that you will also be involved in some new projects for yourself. So they actually might see you changing and developing. Um, And that should really make for some interesting dinner table conversations about how you all try to work out who you are again, or who you're becoming. So it's it's kind of embracing that change of of being new, isn't it? Let's think about tip two: who's boss? Trying to meet them where they are. You know, as parents, we have expectations about behaviour and about our authority, and this is changing and evolving just as they are in their life stages. It's not you know, any longer to say that you have an authority over them. It's not to say you you question your authority, but it's changing. It helps if we as parents think about our young adults' needs and how we meet them in terms of their need and how we meet them in terms of their needs for us as parents. We're not talking about their needs for holidays or clothes and money or for going to nightclubs. We're talking about their need for support, for guidance, things like that. We'll find ourselves doing a bit of a dance as we try to work out the balance between the old pre-uni parent and the parent that they might need now. 
And this is the important point. When they come home at holidays or whatever, don't expect them just to slot in the same old way. There needs to be some careful negotiations about some new boundaries and expectations on both sides. And one of our student interviews with Rafi, she talked about that really nicely. Mm -hmm. It was one of her tricky times. So try and resist the temptation to be that helicopter parent of doing everything. It can be really tempting to, you know, phone, text, message them, to remind them to be doing all the things that you want them to be doing that you think they should be doing. So, you know, have a little bit of caution about that. And what were you thinking about this helicopter parent, Louise? What what were you thinking about that? I think as a parent myself, it's quite difficult not to do at times, Um, especially when you can perhaps you can guess that things might be starting to go a bit wrong. But of course, they learn from when things go wrong. So it's important not to helicopter at those points. And I think also when you helicopter parent and you're advising and suggesting all the time, it serves to undermine their confidence. You know, they might then be thinking, oh, you know, mum, dad, they don't think I can do this. And perhaps then I can't. Or at best, we're just going to annoy, royally annoy them. and <laughs> They're even less likely to pick up our calls in the future. I think if you see that they're struggling, I think it's really important to think, you know, rather than going directly to the task or the issue they're struggling with, to talk more generally about the skills that they need to develop that will help them to cope alone. So you know, the helicopter parent is about you know doing it for them. We don't want to do that. We want to guide them. And so perhaps talking more generally about how they're managing the experience at uni and what's going well, what's not, and what they could do better. That might help them then identify some of the stuff they could do to improve things. You know, perhaps, for example, about planning, you know, rather than getting to the nitty gritty of, well, you needed to write that assignment and you didn't, so you need to sit down tomorrow morning. You know, having more general conversation about, well, yeah, so how is the planning going? What are you doing? Um, And then helping them to come to some conclusions for themselves. And things like, you know, often you see people talking about the messy rooms. Um, well, I kind of think that's their choice. And probably they'll get told by some friends after a while that their room's disgusting, stinky, horrible, need to get it sorted. And if they're in a residence at a university, then there'll probably be a room inspection at some point and the fine will come their way and that will kind of sober up them up and bring them to their senses. So I don't think you really need to manage worry too much about that. I think it's nice to think about our role as more kind of a coach and a consultant at this stage than a supervisor. So we're here to to reflect and to help them reflect, um, but not to tell. That's how I see it. How about you, Elizabeth? Yeah, I, I agree. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's when we want people to do simple, straightforward things like there's a fire, go out that door, <laughs> you tell them. You don't say, well, what did you do the last time there was the fire? <laughs> but if the, it's more complicated, and if it's more complicated things about how to problem solve and work things out, that's going to, you know, it's going to encourage their autonomy and their problem solving. Then you'd ask those questions, you know, mm-hmm. when you got your work done before, how did you do that? When you handed in your SE, well, what, how, what, how did you manage to do that? So I, I do like that, that being the coach consultant, asking questions. 
kids. So tip three then is ask yourself. So a question for yourself is what kind of parent do I want to be? So we talked about coach consultant. And I wanted to share with you some research by a guy called Peter Fonagi, I think his name, surname is. Um, he talks about a concept called mentalization. Now, mentalization is all about the effort people make to understand other people's thoughts, feelings, wishes, beliefs, desires, near their subjective world. Because, of course, we don't know really what's going on in the head of anyone else, not reliably. Um, well, perhaps as we get to know people, we might guess, but I still, I've been married 30 years and I still apparently get it wrong regularly, according to my husband. So, you know, we kind of, that's a word, you know, something that we are constantly grappling with. And we can all think of times we or others have said, you know, I just don't know what's been going on his her head when they did that. You know, that's probably a fairly classic parental statement, isn't it, as kids are growing up. And that's an example of us making a judgment about our young adults' behaviour or our kids' behaviour based on trying to imagine what's going on in their head, trying to understand things from their point of view and actually not really getting there. Now, we do it all the time, don't we, Elizabeth? Yeah, and I, I was thinking I was talking to somebody the other day and their young adult was home over the holidays um, and they'd gone out to meet friends and they were promised to be back at one o'clock and, of course, they didn't come home till four and they spent the night awake worrying about where they were, what happened to them, whether they should message them, whether they would check on police reports, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and it it led them to be it led them to think about that late behavior as selfish and thoughtless, just typical of them not thinking about me. And there was a kind of chance that this was going to go into conflict, and that was one option. Or if you choose that kind of mentalization approach and be thinking about, well, what's going on for my young adult, you know, their behaviour could be quite understandable. You know, they were home, they were out seeing old friends, it was Christmas, um, it was a holiday, uh, they were having a good time. And I'm trying to imagine their world of putting yourself in their shoes. You know, you could see, we want these our young adults to be connected with others, to have a good time, to let their hair down, to be independent and in going out for themselves. So, you could choose the next day to connect with them. You know, you could put some boundaries there and say the next day, oh, it would have been good to have a call to say your ch- your plans had changed. However, I understand that it's important to get together with old friends. So one's conflict and the other's connection. And I, that ability to tune into their world and build relationships is a skill to learn and especially hard when they when they keep changing and we've got to change along with alongside them but you know don't be tough on yourself isn't that right louise who you're learning these skills you know be, you're a beginner in it aren't you yeah um and we're all human and we never get everything right all the time we aren't infallible you know when we make a st- mistake perhaps we get angry as in the situation above then it's fine to admit that you've got something wrong and recognise that it's all right to make a mistake. And I remember many a time I said to my children, I didn't get that quite right. Can I have another try? I'd like another go. And, you know, they never said to me, no, 
<laughs> you were always that forgiving like let mom have another chance at this I, you know I, I would often say this is the first time I've been a mom of an 18 year old I'm learning mm -hmm. how to do it yeah and it's kind of also that modeling as you said that it made me think you know, if you're admitting sometimes you don't know then hopefully they're going to admit that too and you can then have a conversation about it and you know work out together where you're going so I think it's kind of a combination, isn't it? When you're thinking about the parent you want to be, you know, you want some boundaries there. You want people to know, you know, what's acceptable, what's not, um, up to a point. But then you want to be, yeah, learning to understand things from their perspective, their world. And then, and if you model that for them, then they'll hopefully choose to do that for you too. Because yeah. I guess that's one thing that does go for a while as a teen in the teenage years. You know, they, they they don't really think much. I don't think about their parents' worlds. But people say when you hit the mid twenties, that kind of changes quite a lot, and, and they do. So perhaps as a parent, the more we model that, the more we are going to get that to come back to us as well. Yeah. So tip four. So talking about you know we've talked about parent we want to be so how do we then move on and create these adult relationships as we've said we need to decide the kind of role we want to play recognizing that the role is going to change you know and I think some people talk about and some parents talk about being best friends and I think there's certainly a role obviously for friendship absolutely you know we want to be a friend to our kids and for our kids to be a friend to us but I think young people often say they also want their parents to be their parents as well. So there's a kind of duality in that role. And that's perhaps, you know, that might be different from person to person, family to family. But I'm just going to throw that out and say, have a think about that. And I think it doesn't mean as a parent, if you're you know, doing that parenting thing, that you're not part of their life and that you're not going to be involved and sort out. I think being just their friend can actually backfire sometimes and I've seen this personally you know when parents are best friends it can get to the point where there isn't much authority there it's not clear who's in charge and I don't mean charge in a really strict way but just you know that there are some boundaries that you do have some expectations about behavior and how people treat each other and you know the young people in the house can begin to run it as their own and no one says no. And then after a while, everyone just gets a bit lost and no one knows what each other's role is and how it's all going to work. And so I think it's really important to think about how you want that to play out in your family situation, especially if you've got younger kids as well. Anything else you'd want to add there about the sort yeah. of role parents might play and friendship, yeah. the element aspect of friendship, Elizabeth? It is, it is a tricky one, isn't it? And I think sometimes respect can get a bit lost not just from the young adult to the parent but vice versa and then it, there could be a slippery slope to friction and frustration about who's doing what and how it all's working out rather than being a clear kind of framework and and you know we talked about that consultant coach type role earlier and that suggests parents that as parents that we're there as a sounding board now you said this before we're not fixers later on in their lives. We're kind of we're trying to help them kind of work things out for themselves because, you know, they're going to have to be that problem solver for themselves. 
And we love that analogy of the coach and a sports team, you know, a football coach, for instance. And the coach is always there on the sidelines and plays a really important role in supporting, guiding. But they're not allowed on the pitch. They have to stay on the sidelines. They can be cheering on and and supporting, but they're not actually playing the game. And the same is true for parents. You know, you have to respect that the pitch is the young adult's domain and yours is on the sidelines. And we know that in the early days of university life, as we said, it's easy to want to advise and tell them what to do and get involved and might even get a bit controlling, particularly when they come home. After all, we've really missed them and we want to kind of wrap them up and have them be ours again. But we really want to get them to help them sort things out for themselves and get back maybe do a bit of rest and recovery for themselves, but get back to university in tip-top condition. But most likely they won't want this and they'll push back. So what else about that, Louise? Yeah, I was listening to, I don't know if anyone knows this podcast by a lady called Mel Robbins. We'll put a a link to it in the um, transcript. But she was talking about a situation with her daughter and or son I think it was and it was prom and they were all dressed up to the nines going to this prom they'd met at somebody's house for pre-prom drinks and then prom wasn't till seven they wanted to go and have something to eat and they were making suggestions of these kids and there were quite a few of them and somebody suggested one of the restaurants in Tawai cafes in town which was tiny and it was apparently a wet evening and Mel was horrified you can't go there because you're going to get wet you're going to you know not everyone will fit in and all these lovely dresses and everything and her daughter was standing next to her and she just said mum it's not your situation to control just let them and she's taken from that this phrase let them and so when it's not a situation that is gonna you know put them in danger in any way she just thinks well let them I'm not going to get involved in that I'm not going to control that I will just let them and let them learn from it learn from their own mistakes, let them explore and run their lives. So that I'll just throw that in and you might like sometimes to just allow yourself to say, okay, I'll just let them and um, give yourself a break, really. <laughs> Gives you a bit of space. And I think it leads us on to, you know, so giving them more space as well. I mean, that's really what we're doing, aren't we, bit by bit, um, or perhaps <laughs> giving them a whole load more space. And, yeah, I think the truth is it's likely they're not going to share everything with us. There is now a part of their lives that we're not a part of. And I think it's so important that we don't pry. Um, They'll tell us if they think it's important enough that they want us to know. There will be things they don't want us to know, and I kind of think we have to get to grips with that. I know that's something that you felt, Elizabeth, isn't it? So... Yeah, respect their space, isn't it? Mm. And if we go on to tip five, the last one for today, which is keep your eye to the future. So this time with your young adult, well, we'll, they'll probably be finding a partner and you might find the separation becomes more complete. So, you know, making space not just for them, but make space for for the significant people that they have in their lives is really important. Their life is growing and expanding and you want to be part of it. 
So you have to be welcoming, you know, obviously with an eye on who they are, but you have to be welcoming these people into the family. And what happens is kind of like you move down the list. You're not the go-to person anymore. And I watched a really funny Father of the Bride video recently. And the father was talking at length about his daughter and all the help and support that the parents provided through the years about friendship issues and sitting exams and the driving test and helping them find a job. It was a long list. And the punchline was something like, and I'm so glad she married you, John, so you can have all this now. <laughs> so there was the kind of baton passed on. It's not the parent's responsibility. You know, there's love still there and there's different responsibilities, but are, it's a changing role. And maybe your job as the hands-on parent is kind of done. So Louise, on that note, would you like to summarise the five tips? Yes, certainly. So allow your young adult the space to grow. Think about who's boss and where you're going to meet them. We suggest meeting them where they are. Tip three, ask what kind of parent do I want to be? And tip four, you're thinking about creating that adult relationship and what that means to you personally, but then also to you as a family. I think it's really important to set it within that context of your family. Tip five, yeah, yeah, keep your eye on the future. Know that the relationship changes, but they still love you and you're still really important to them. And you'll still be a part of their lives, but just in a different way. Thanks for listening. So thank you so much for listening and we hope that there were at least a few helpful tips in this episode to support you as you develop your ongoing relationship with you, your young old adults. Now we'd like to share a quote with you from Mother Teresa. It kind of seemed pretty apt for the conversation that we've been having today. So here it is. You will teach them to fly, but they will not fly your flight. You will teach them to dream, but they will not dream your dream. You will teach them to live, but they will not live your life. Nevertheless, in every flight, in every life, in every dream, the print of the way you taught them will remain. I love that. So some helpful resources. If you want to find out more about Professor Peter Fonagy and his work, a good place to start is on YouTube. YouTube, sorry. Search his name and some videos about mentalisation will pop up. So that's Peter Fonagy, F-O-N-A-G-Y. Now, in relation to that let them theory from Mel Robbins, you'll find it in episode 104, you asked, I answered on the Mel Robbins podcast. And finally, we mentioned our conversation with Rafi about negotiating new boundaries or returning to live at home. If you're interested in listening to that, it's episode 11 on this podcast, Successful Student Transitions. So that's all for today. We'll be back next Friday with the next episode in this series when we'll be talking about what to do to support when your young adult is struggling academically. Meanwhile, we wish you a really great week. Bye-bye for now. And now for the legal bits. The information contained in this podcast is for information purposes only. The content is not intended to act as a substitute for professional advice. Please do not delay in seeking professional help for any medical or mental health condition. 
Use of the information on this podcast and associated materials is at the user's own risk. <laughs>